You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Moniker. We're here to listen and share stories of motherhood and life from the trails from mamas who run ultra marathons. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to all moms who continue to show up, run, and chase their dreams even after having kids. It's not easy, and we'll talk about all the hard and real parts that make up this crazy lifestyle. But we're also here to celebrate and inspire each other to keep finding their inner mom strength that allows us to show this sport new levels of grit and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. Today, we have Jackie Hunt Broshma on the show. She is amazing. But before we talk more about her, Steph, how are you doing today? I'm great because I signed up for a race in November. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, November. Cool. (laughs) Race. Um, It is called Run the Ritter, and they have a 5, 10, and 15-mile distance. And they're like little loops. Um, Okay, what are you doing? I'm doing the 10. Nice. Yeah. It's um, the second weekend in November, I think. I'm That's just, like next month. Yeah, I know. Less than a month away. But I can comfortably run four right now. So I'm pretty sure. I, and that's like, it's not a big deal for me to run four. So I'm pretty sure if I just like bumped up my miles, it wouldn't be too bad. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Because I was thinking about it. I have not raced in like two and a half years Whoa. in person. Whoa. Wow. Because Amelia wasn't even a year old when the pandemic started and, um, and I couldn't race that fall because that was the fall that Aaron worked for like days and days on end. I think. Wasn't it like 72 days or something like that? Something probably illegal, honestly, but a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just, I couldn't, I didn't even realize that I hadn't run a real race. I mean, I've done virtual races. I had signed up for races and they got canceled. Mm. Um, so I had been training for stuff, but I've never, I haven't raced in so long. And so I'm oh. so excited, even like a 10 miler. I'm like, can not wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Good. So awesome. yeah. Very excited. Oh, yay. I think that's the same weekend as my race too. Oh, is it? Um, well, it's like November 14th ish. Yeah. Mine's the 13th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. We'll be racing together, yeah. but not. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Go to the Patreon link. If you want to support Nikki and I getting together for a race. Seriously. <laughs> I know. I know we need to try and plan something. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that's about it in my life right now, but it's something big. I'm pretty excited for it. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I had a great training weekend mm. this weekend, which was awesome. Like I had a 20 mile weekend, you know, wow. two days, but That's you know, awesome. for, yeah. Like for postpartum land, it's good and it felt great. And it's so beautiful here mm. right now. Oh my gosh. The trees, the colors, it's just, it, it is fall is like the most dangerous time for me to drive. I've discovered because I am so distracted by trying to take in all the beauty 
around me that like, I cannot drive well mm-hmm. at all. I am like swerving <laughs> towards the other lane. It's like, it's so bad, but it's just so pretty here. I, know. I can't help it. And, um, yeah, like some of my runs this weekend, like I just had to stay, stop and take like a million pictures. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's funny cause my coach is just like, Oh, always stop to take a picture. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I think, you know, it's weird because I did kind of high miles for me this weekend. And then I had a rest day yesterday and then to, but, and I went to bed last night at like 8 20 PM mm-hmm. because I just was really tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I only woke up once in the night to feed Greta. And then this morning I like could not get up. It was like, I snoozed. I was going to get up at five snoozed until five 45 got out the door, like stumbled out the door to run. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was my morning to run and chase wasn't running this morning and it was dark, you know, under the stars, it was great. And, but I, I swear I was like sleeping for like that whole run. I just, I don't know. Like, why was I so tired? Like, because you know, you did I, a lot I, of miles this weekend, I guess, but you know, like I slept good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was odd, but anyway, I am, I'm doing well. I'm really enjoying the fall. And yeah. so I'm just thankful for that. Yeah. I was going to say too, yesterday I went out, um, Aaron got home at like five 15, which I was early for him. And so I'm like, I'm going to go run quick. I did, uh, around three miles, I think. And then I came back and they were waiting for me, like on the driveway and Joanna, like comes running up to me and gives me a big hug. And it was just so fun. Like Joanna's like, you were running really far. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was just funny to see like her or like them light up when like I got home. Cause I really don't get that. A lot of times I'm running when it's their bedtime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. No, I do love that feeling for sure. I mean, and, and Bellin, she's always like, you know, she definitely, you know, she knows when we went running, you know, she knows we're like sweaty, like, oh, you just went running. And then she'll always be like, she, her, in her mind, me being strong is when I'm able to I don't, maybe I've talked about this before, like lift her up in her sleeping bag. Like she likes to be carried around the house and like bundled up in her little kid sleeping bag. Yeah. And so she'll be like, and and I couldn't do that when I was pregnant. So that's why she's kind of like, okay, mom has to be strong so that she can carry me in her sleeping bag. Mm. So I'll come home from running and she'll be like, oh, you went running. Now you can lift me in my sleeping bag. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm really tired right now, but sure. Like, I don't really want to, but I definitely can because I'm strong. <laughs> I, know. So, I know. Anyway. Well, and I love like Joanna will be like, we're strong girls, right, mom? And I'm like, right. Yeah, we can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, on this note of woman empowerment, mm-hmm. uh, today we talked to Jackie. She is awesome. She is an ultra runner. She currently lives in Arizona where she trains. She lives with her husband and two kids. She is a badass trail running amputee. She really is kind of like setting the stage almost like for amputees in general, like to get into the sport of ultra running. Um, and, and specifically, but I mean, women. Also, 
specifically women. Yes. And just all people in general to get into For the sport. Sure. Yeah. And she spreads a lot of encouragement and positivity and inspiration mm-hmm. wherever she goes. And she, she's done um, incredible things. Like she ran a hundred miles on a treadmill under 24 hours, which is a really big deal. She was the first amputee to ever do that. Mm-hmm. And then she also just attempted Moab 240. She unfortunately wasn't able to make it to the finish line, but it was still a huge accomplishment Mm -hmm. and just all the training that she put in and what she is showing her kids every day. Like I'm it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a really, really amazing conversation. And I was saying, I felt like I could just talk with her forever. She was just so easy to talk to. And she's just so energetic and so positive and such just a light person and it's mm-hmm. really oh, good yeah. conversation you're gonna really enjoy it yes yes so grab your coffee or get out the door for your long run and enjoy this episode is sponsored by treeline coffee we are working with them they are a coffee roastery out of bozeman montana and they are women-owned business they ethically source everything Um, We have our very own coffee blend called You Got This, and you can get it by going in the link in the show notes below and use code RUNHARD10 for 10% off. You will not regret buying this coffee, first of all, because it's coffee and we need caffeine in our lives, but second of all, because it is the best coffee to get your caffeine in. (laughs) Yeah. We're not just saying that. Yes. No. It's literally fact. Okay. It's fact. Yeah. Just go get it. My goodness, yeah. what's taking you so long? Just yeah. <laughs> yes. Hi, Jackie. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're thrilled. <laughs> so, we're so excited. excited yeah. <laughs> we're always excited to talk. Um, mm-hmm. all, but, you know. That's a good yeah. thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. to adults. Yeah. <laughs> Some adult time, right? Before the kids get home and yeah. Uh, So Jackie, can we start today by you just telling us a little bit about yourself? Anything you want to share? Who you are, what you do? Um, I'm Jackie. Um, I run, I run a lot. I'm an ultra runner. Um, I'm based out in Arizona. Um, I've been here, well, four months in Arizona. Before that, we lived in North Carolina. Um, I have two kids, a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old. So it's kind of crazy. They keep me busy. Um, And the rest of the time, I'm actually just out running and doing some crazy adventure things. Um, Just the crazier, the better for me. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Right up our run from Mom Heart Alley. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what brought you to Arizona? Um, we just wanted to change, actually. Um, normally, it's weird. Normally, you move because it's either for work. Um, um, but we just, it was just time to move. We've been in North Carolina for five and a half years. Um, so we just wanted something different. Um, I've always loved the desert. Um, and yeah, Arizona, I just, yeah, it's just really pretty being out here. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, going from North Carolina to Arizona, it's a different climate. 
Uh, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> and we moved in the peak of summer. So oh we were goodness. like, so now I feel like we've made the worst. So we're like, it can get better, right? Yeah. Well, like, no. what was it like just kind of getting there and then having to deal with the heat and it be getting hot so early, probably, right? Yeah. It it, yeah. It's, it it's so, so I had kind of had to adjust my running a little bit. So either do it early morning or late at night, but late at night, it still was quite hot. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of, it's weird because North Carolina is very humid. So if you've never run in humidity, that is, that is pretty hard because you'd, you'd still in North Carolina, you could get 90 and 90% humidity and that's just like I kind of feel like it would be similar as running here in Arizona when it's 100 degrees but it's dry heat so it's different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah what feels better for you um I quite like the heat I've got used to it I I I hate the humidity I'm like yeah you step out and you're soaking wet and it's mm -hmm. so gross <laughs> yeah. my my mom is from New York yeah. and, and then I have like an aunt that lives in Rhode Island and, and we've just, we used to go back East like every summer and uh -huh. it was always just, yeah. you know, I mean, you yeah. are just, you know, you're going to be sweaty and you're going uh -huh. to be sweaty all day. Yeah. You go, you go out for like a 10 mile run and you come home and you're like, it's like, as if you've been in the shower, it's like, Oh, this is so gross. <laughs> Totally. And Jackie, where are you originally from? I'm wondering because of your accent. Oh, my accent is complicated. <laughs> um, it is. I'm I, originally like Barbara, I was born in South Africa. And oh. then we kind of we moved, we moved to the to Holland, the Netherlands. And then from there, we moved to the UK. And both my kids were born in the UK. So, and then we moved to the US. So we've been in the US now nearly six years, I think it is. Um, so yeah, so it's like my accent's a little bit of a mixture of everything. <laughs> That's why I say it's complicated. Yes. Yeah, I love it. It's yeah. beautiful. It is. Thank you. Why, why did you move around so much? We just, just love cause? traveling. That's yeah, so cool. Just because just we like it. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, it, it's just... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Holland was great, um, loved every minute of it, and then it was time for a change, and then we moved to the UK, and yeah, it was kind of, we kind of, I think we get the itch, like, after five years, we kind of start, like, getting a bit of an itch, and we're like, oh, yeah, now, where's the next adventure going, and it's kind of just, I don't know, husband and I just both just enjoy traveling and seeing different perspectives and different cultures, and yeah, it keeps life interesting. Totally. It does. Yeah. Where, where in England were your kids born? Um, my son was born in Woking, um, okay. which is, um, yeah, where is, where is Woking? It's kind of next to Guildford. If you've never been into London, it's kind of, it's probably about two hours from London by train. It's half an hour. So it's like nice and easy. Um, so it's not bad. It's kind of, quite working was quite a nice place to live for commuting into London because we both husband and I both worked in London um so my my daughter was born in Lippook which is no one's ever heard of it it's like this really tiny village in the middle of nowhere <laughs> oh it sounds pleasant and the commute was a nightmare into London so yeah don't it was like three hours that way and three hours back every day so it was like yeah it wasn't we didn't survive there for very long <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. What what were you doing for work? 
I'm, I've always been in pharmaceutical marketing. Um, so that's what I did in, in, so it was like, yeah, um, yeah, I've always, I've always, yeah, it's, it's something I've always done actually. It's like, yeah, I've not done anything else. It's always been pharmaceutical marketing. So I went for a PR agency out there. So yeah, it was good. Nice. And then how do you like America compared to everywhere else? <laughs> We love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been great. The kids have been settled. They love it here. I mean, both my kids have got proper American accents now, so they've lost their little English. My daughter's lost her little English accent. So I was like, no. It's not, yeah. She's got a Southern accent. I'm like, where does that come from? Really? Uh, it's uh, like somebody would walk into your house and they'd have absolutely no idea where you guys were from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really confusing <laughs> I love but that. yeah I mean it's it, we love it um I mean it's it's been a fantastic experience and yeah we're here to stay so we we have no plans to move um I mean obviously we've just moved to Arizona so yeah but we love it out here and I think with the kids being a little bit older now it's a little harder to move so we kind of husband and I have like yeah we need to grow up now we probably need to settle down a little bit <laughs> <laughs> well you can always move around when they're like out of high school too yeah yeah we can do yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it is hard because you do feel you get a little stuck you yeah. know when when they're in in school and they're trying to make friends and yeah uh-huh. you, it's hard I mean even just my oldest son just went to kindergarten and we're kind of like okay well you know I yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've always kind of wanted to actually live abroad for a time and, yeah. but you know, it, you question timing. You and- yeah. Yeah. Cause we, we, it was a really hard decision moving from North Carolina to here Whereas it was weird because we've always been, we've just kind of like just gone with the flow and just like, we've always been very spontaneous and just like, Oh yeah, let's just move. But with having the kids, it was like from North Carolina just to Arizona was like a hard decision because we were like, well, we need to move them out of school and it's like they need to make new friends. And it's like it it does definitely change everything. It's, it's yeah, it makes the decision a lot harder. But we thought it's a good age because they're kind of at because my son, my son was going into sixth grade. So it was like just a perfect transition type of thing so we just thought you know what let's just do it now mm-hmm. and then just before he goes on to junior school and high school and all that so yeah 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 he still has some time to build some good bonds exactly you know, before high school yeah yeah, yeah. good we're all yeah. yeah that's good yeah you know, we're doing the yeah, best we good. can yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome and so Jackie how did you get into running Let's talk about your running. <laughs> it's funny. Um, it's a funny story because I, before before losing my leg to cancer, which was not another part of the story, obviously, is because, um, I mean, I didn't say that in the beginning, obviously. I mean, everyone will know that I'm an amputee, but um, before losing my leg, I wasn't a runner at all. Um, I hated running, actually, to be honest. I'm quite honest about that, that whole aspect of it, because I thought, I thought runners were crazy. I was like, why would you do that? And I was the, I was the kid at school that used to hide in the, in the restrooms because I didn't want to go out and do a track workout. I'd like <laughs> pretend. I was like, no, I'm not feeling well or this. I like have absolutely every excuse. Um, so it was weird that I started running as an amputee. Um, and well, my running journey started, what, five years ago? 
Um, and it kind of just started out of curiosity. Um, I, I kind of, it's kind of one of those things when something so simple gets taken away from you because as, as someone with two legs, you can just kind of put on a pair of running shoes and you go out the door and that's it. You don't have to think about it. But as an amputee, you need, you need something strapped to your leg to kind of go out. So the, the whole process changes and it's like this whole thing of people saying, well, you can't because you're an amputee, so you're not going to be able to run now. And it's like, even though you weren't, you weren't, it's weird, like your, the way your mind works is even though I wasn't a runner before, now suddenly I wanted to be a runner because everyone was telling me I can't do it. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's weird that whole process you kind of go through, you kind of become a bit stubborn. Um, and that's kind of how it's, it all started. I kind of researched it and I'm like, no, I want to try it. I want to kind of see and go out and see if I can do it. Um, and yeah, and obviously I had to first then research running blades and and the whole process took a bit of a time to kind of find out what there is and things and then of course the whole expense to running prosthetics and things because they're so expensive um which yeah which totally threw me I was like what and I mean my first prosthetic was ten thousand pounds uh ten thousand dollars oh my gosh um yeah (laughs) so it's kind of one of those things where you don't like it's not a pair of running shoes that you spend what 120 bucks on or 150 whatever and then decide oh well actually running is not for me you're kind of spending all this money on this thing and you're just like well I probably actually need, need to make sure I really like this <laughs> yeah but how can you know until you yeah, but that's the thing how can you know yeah and I think there's an element of that that you got that in the back of your mind, but it's weird. Like the, the first step, I remember the first step I took on this running play, it, I felt there was like this type of freedom. It was just suddenly I was like, oh my goodness, I'm doing this. I'm out. I'm actually out there running. And it was, but it was a combination of being scared because my brain didn't trust the prosthetics. So I had to like, they, they give you this blade um, that you've paid all this money for and then they go well there you go out you go go and run and it's like it's not that the whole process because everyone's like is that process really simple and it's not really because your brain doesn't trust the 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 leg that you've strapped onto your 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 residue limb and so it's like it's weird now you have to trust this thing that you can't really feel on the ground so it's like you need to kind of learn to kind of move in it and run in it it's like the weirdest sensation and the weirdest feeling but at the same time you're feeling this kind of freedom because you're doing something you didn't think you could do if that makes sense (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. well I could only imagine that it would feel very disconnected at first because yeah you you are trying to get that feedback you know from the ground from your you know from the prosthetic but like from your foot it's just it's just different yeah you know it would just it would be very very challenging but like good for you yeah yeah for you know not taking no for an answer or not listening to the the doubt I'm a little stubborn (laughs) that's gonna have to be strength yeah Yeah. (laughs) um (laughs) what was the time difference between when you got did you get like a foot prosthetic and then a blade I don't know I'm not I I try like I uh, the first the first you like when you become an amputee you kind of just get a normal regular walking foot okay and that was kind of what I used 
um, in the beginning, and I tried to run on that, but the, the walking prosthetics, because they don't give you the, the, the feedback you get as from a running blade. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, it's like you trying to go run, like I tried to kind of give like examples as kind of you putting on a pair of really heavy hiking boots and then going, trying to go and run a 5K in these really heavy hiking boots. It mm -hmm. kind of will feel the same way. So you're just really heavy and it's like, it's just not made for that. Um, and then, so that, then I was like, well, no, I need something better. And then kind of, that's how the whole research kind of went into this running blade. Um, and yeah, and the, I mean, the process for me for running, I mean, I, I originally kind of just thought I'd just start with 5Ks and that's kind of where I thought I'd be like 5K. I mean, that's, that, that was my goal. I didn't really, um, I didn't think I'd be going as far as I do now mm -hmm. at all. It was just not in my mindset. Um, and, and it's funny because I kind of did my first 5K race on my, on my blade and I was just like, oh man, this is hard work. 5Ks <laughs> hurt. Five, let me tell you, 5Ks really hurt. And they're still not, they're my least favorite distance is a 5K. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember crossing the finish line but there was like there was something there and it's just like I was like I'm not going to give up on this and I kept trying and then I the next 5k I did I loved it and it just it's funny how it kind of running I just always say with people it's just like keep with it for a little bit because it's some somewhere along the line it suddenly just clicks and you just kind of find your momentum and you find you find your joy for it and I remember then signing up for a 10K race. And the day before um, at the, the packet pickup, I just decided, well, 10K, why don't I just switch? So I switched distance to a half marathon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, 10K, half marathon, no big deal, right? <laughs> Same thing. We double. Same thing. Yeah, there we go. And yeah, and then I loved it. And that's kind of how my long distance running kind of came into play. And I kind of just started pushing up distances and just kind of just went from there and just kind of up to and just, yeah, just kept pushing. Wow. And yeah. so uh, that's amazing. I mean, it, what I was thinking about while you were talking was how, you know, you had kind of this drive to prove people wrong and then you yeah. ended up proving yourself wrong too because yeah. <laughs> you did not stop at 5k's yeah. <laughs> this is awesome and I'm wondering um how did your prosthetic blade evolve with your running like did you have to keep getting a new do you have to keep getting new ones and like making sure they're fitting properly or and then and then I'm sure you probably changed it up more when you hit the trails. Uh, yeah. What's the process? There? It was, it was the, the first, the first blade I did was, I mean, the first blade was like the, the most basic one you get. Um, and it's, it's, it was a fantastic starting blade. And it's like, I didn't know any better. And I was like, I absolutely loved it. But as I kind of um, pro, um, progress through like this different stages and different distances I kind of needed something a little bit more and especially going from road running to trail running and 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 it's interesting because um there aren't any prosthetics really designed for um trail running because mm. everyone will tell you amputees don't run trails apparently <laughs> <laughs> And so that was the whole process. And I found a company out in, they're actually based in Utah, 
and they do a running blade which originally they had designed for road running to kind of mimic your ankle a little bit because it has a split toe so it's basically it just means that when you go around a corner it kind of moves with you because most of the most of the running blades are just they don't have that split toe so when you kind of anything you hit like any like if you go on the road on on trails if you hit a rock that whole the whole prosthetic the foot literally twists so it's like you feel like you're twisting your ankle all the time it's like really really annoying and really painful mm-hmm. um whereas this it kind of gives you a little bit more of a feeling like it it makes it a little bit more even and it kind of flows a little bit better mm-hmm. um and so I kind of transitioned to this blade which is much better I mean I'm having to like my stump because of the mileage and upping the mileage and things like that my stump is always changing so I have to have the actual socket replaced um quite often um but the the foot so far I mean if the I'm on my how many third foot prosthetic foot now um just from changing just because of all the mileage and things um, I'm lucky because I can just change the tread on the bottom of the prosthetic. Um, that's the most annoying thing about running with a blade is the, especially when you transition from road to trail, because the the, the tread on the bottom is the same um, as normal running shoes. So it's just normal road tread that you have. So they don't, they're not as gray on the trail. So it just means I fly through the tread. Um, I'm working actually with, I'm going to be working with uh, um, uh, university, the university in Boulder. They're going to research, especially after I did Mohab, um, just because we found that my tread wasn't giving me enough grip on any of the slick rocks and in the mud and stuff like that. So they're actually going to work and see if they can't come up with a solution for better tread, which will be great for other amputees because it's like, oh man, we need, we need something because there's a lot more amputees going out and daring the trails which is fantastic but we just need something that works a little bit better yeah I had seen on Instagram that you are working with or out of Boulder like yeah for biking and running process. and running yes yeah how did you get into that um, they just contacted me there they they reached out and asked if I wanted to kind of come out and just be part of the research and it was fantastic um it's exciting stuff because they're the especially the running study because most prosthetics it has always been designed under around uh, the more the men like the men like the the yeah athletes and things of course and it's like <laughs> women were never taken into consideration for any of these so all all prosthetics are based on weight they're based on but they're all kind of yeah it's all based on a man's body so it's like this is kind of just seeing the efficiency and whether women need pros because normally they say lighter is better but as a woman's body heavier might be better so it's like they're they're just kind of looking at the different prosthetics and seeing what is better so it's going to be the findings of that is going to be really exciting yeah is that like maybe because of like a woman's equilibrium being different or yeah so it's it's fascinating because it's obviously um I mean originally I think there's always been more uh, there seems to be more men amputee athletes doing what doing the the endurance athlete um running and all that 
um, than female athletes. So us females are really rare in this industry anyway. So it's like, so that's why the studies have always been focused on the men rather than the woman. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. So there just needs to be effort um, yeah. geared towards women and then women will show up. You exactly, know? exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the annoying thing is like, yeah, they need to, they really, they, they kind of, they need to make more effort with that, with getting more women into the sport. And, and that's why I'm always so open about my journey and pushing for trail running and things like that, because I'm one of the very few amputee trail runners out there and women just are too scared to get out there just because there isn't enough information. There isn't prosthetics on fun. I mean, they're, they're fantastic and they've got me really far, but it could be better. And it's just, it seems very dominated by the men mostly and so it's just yeah it would be got it would be great to get more women out there yeah oh yeah well it's so cool that you're sharing your story and things that work and things that don't work and I because it's so valuable for everyone yeah. else um and do you feel like you like get a lot of questions of people wanting to get into trails or long endurance events i do i do it's 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 been great i mean originally like it's weird with social media because i i just kind of put my story out there and i thought well you know what if i can help one person that's great and that's kind of it's always been my idea and my plan and things like that and it's it's been phenomenal with how many questions I should get and it's like it's just it's it can be anything from really basic things like dealing with sweating and just like simple things like everyday issues you have as a as an amputee to how do you up the how do you kind of go further do you think you can coach me on getting into ultra running and things like that so it's it's exciting stuff it's it's yeah I'm I'm hoping in like a few years time there'll be so many more amputees out there doing doing trail running doing ultra running um yeah it's exciting that's so yeah. cool and so are you coaching people I am yes yeah I am. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. I kind of mentioned it. it was a bit scary I kind of just mentioned into it um just for you know what we'll see and yeah um I feel like I've, I feel like I've got over the years I've kind of experienced a lot um like yeah um with just pushing distances and stuff like that so I feel like I can offer a lot so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and you've done so much by trial and error like oh yeah really a lot it. of trial and error <laughs> yeah yeah gosh can't even imagine and yeah. And um, one thing I'm just kind of wondering because of, um, I don't know, it seems like just your body is always changing and you're having to adjust um, with your prosthetic and everything. Um, How does your body handle these big distances? And, you know, like, is that, are are you ever, like, is that painful sometimes? Like, especially after long um, endurance events? It is pretty painful. Um, I mean, during the event too, I mean, prosthetics, it's kind of mind over matter for me a little bit in a sense, because um, I've learned over the years to work through things. Um, I mean, and over the years, I've learned to kind of adjust my socket to kind of match my stump a little bit because like I get like after a certain amount of miles like after 20 miles I have a 
um what's the like not my it's not my tibia but it's on the side bone it kind of shifts out it's just like behind my knee Mm. um because my back of my knee swells up a little bit and it's kind of all normal just because of the way the prosthetic holds my leg and things so it's kind of working with the guys to kind of just adjust for making those elements like when when my stump kind of shifts that there's space for it to kind of move otherwise it just cuts the circulate the blood circulation off so it can kind of get but it's been like over the years it sounds terrible but it's like trial and error so mm -hmm. over the years it's got better and better and better so now I can push distances further and further so it's mm -hmm. kind of I've learned to be kind of creative and you kind of have to and that's what I always when people reach out I'm like don't give up you kind of you have to you just have to work through the issues and everyone's different and there's way there's solutions and like I have a lot of the times after a certain distance I have tape that I put like um it's like a squishy kind of tape that I put at the bottom of my prosthetic just to kind of because my tibia then because my 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 stump is like really skinny it's pretty much just bone now um so I'm running I'm pretty much running on my tibia most of the time but it's become so hard that, I mean, it's not an issue, but it kind of can, can kind of, it becomes a little bit red on the tip. So it gets a little bit, it's just a pressure point and things. So you kind of learn how to deal with that and like push, mm -hmm. like put like, like, um, yeah, it's like a, I don't know what you call it. It's like a little spongy type of thing just to add a little bit of cushioning at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you just, I've just learned to kind of just fix things as I go along, um, mm -hmm. yeah ultimate problem solver it, pretty yeah. much yeah and I feel like that's ultra running is, is. Uh, with anyone um I mean if you're out there on the trails you are going to be solving issues all the time yeah. and sometimes they don't work and sometimes mm -hmm. you're like you know what okay that's a lesson I need something better for next time and that's kind of how it's it's always gone and it's like every race is different you just don't especially when you run on a prosthetic you just don't know what's going to happen I mean hey it is part of the part of the race and mm -hmm. just part of well yeah part of life I guess <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah see what comes your way and have to adjust <laughs> yeah 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 oh man so you said that you lost your leg due to cancer can you kind of tell us a little bit about that what was that like I mean um and oh, how, man, how long ago was, was that that was that's been quite a while that was 2002 okay. um so I have been an amputee for a long time actually it feels like forever but but it's it's weird it feels like forever but it feels like just the other day because I can remember that is like as as if time stopped and that part of the few weeks that I went through all that and I can literally remember everything everyone said which is weird it's mm -hmm. like you just like live in that moment um, and it was weird because I had, um, I had surgery on my leg like years before this diagnosis. And it was, I had a scar, like a massive scar down my leg. Um, and it kept being painful. And I kept going back to the doctor saying, well, this is really, really painful. And they kept saying, well, no, it's nothing. It's just scar tissue. Um, and it literally, the one night I went to bed, and woke up the next morning and that scar that I had had literally popped out and it was the size of a golf ball not kidding oh it was God. literally that big um of course panic struck and it's like what the hell do I have on my leg and it's like mm -hmm. is there like I don't know did something bite me or like 
am I gonna have all these little spiders kind of climbing oh, out? Listen. It's like you no. just don't know. Like <laughs> thing on your leg, and it's like ah. So I immediately made an appointment with this with my doctor again, and I walked into his. I walked in with my for my appointment and he literally his face just dropped he like went pale and it which is never a good sign if your doctor reacts that way to your mm -hmm. leg and he's like well I don't think that's scar tissue anymore I'm like you think yeah I've been <laughs> and, telling you that <laughs> yeah I could have told you that from the beginning <laughs> and and it was like it was from that moment it was such a roller coaster because they immediately within two days I was scheduled for a biopsy um went in for the biopsy and within two days after the biopsy they phoned me and told me to come in um and the thing is when they phoned me to come in um they told me um make sure you bring someone with you mm. um yeah and I kind of I still remember walking into the consultant room and there was the consultant a nurse and a priest oh, um yeah because it was a very religious hospital that we were at and things and which is never a good sign if you have all these people in here and you're like oh my goodness am I dying I'm dying yeah yeah that's kind of the first thing and then of course they broke the news to me saying that I had cancer um and it was and I just remember it felt like everything just did still it was just like I was like, this is not happening. And I just totally ignored everything. And I just didn't want to hear anything. And we walked out and my husband said, do you want to go home? And I was just like, no, I just want to go back to work. And I straight after that appointment, I went straight back to the office because I was total denial. I was like, I don't want to hear this. I just, I, this is not happening. Mm -hmm. um, and, but the roller coaster kept going because another two days after that I was scheduled with another specialist who then at the time it was like we we just thought you know what I yeah I mean I'm probably gonna have to have chemo um whatever treatments blah 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 you you kind of just go kind of go through all this like try not to overthink anything um and amputation was never on this in my thinking at all I just mm -hmm. never thought that but when I walked into the consultant room um, he explained that I had Ewing sarcoma and um, the only solution was this kind of cancer. And because where it was, they, they only, the only solution would be amputation. And I was like, wait, what? And I just remember sitting there and my husband and I both looked at each other and it was like, it was the weirdest thing because it's like not only are you diagnosed with cancer and assuming you're gonna die because it's cancer you always think the worst it's like weird it's like you kind of the first thoughts it was like at the time then it was like if you get cancer you're gonna be dying and that's mm -hmm. it so it's like um but then you get this diagnosis of well no your leg's gonna be amputated um and it was just it was like phenomenal and and within a week, I was scheduled for surgery um, and for amputation. So I didn't kind of like it was just everything just happened within like 
two months I went from cancer diagnosis to being without like having lost my leg um it just felt like everything was just like just one big whirlwind mm-hmm. um, and then going for all these tests and making sure it didn't spread and luckily I mean the cancer hadn't spread um I was really lucky so I was I kind of feel like um that was it I kind of didn't have to do any chemo which I was then thank goodness I didn't but I kind of feel like well I was the lucky one because I had my leg amputated and that was it I was done with cancer um so Mm. it was like a weird like weird sensation it was like yeah it was like the weirdest process um and yeah and that's kind of it and yeah and then you kind of go into survival mode and try and live the way you do like looking very different and it took me a long time to kind of accept the way I look um, I think that was the the hardest part of the journey was accepting that I looked different. For a long time, I couldn't look myself in the mirror because I thought I looked really ugly. Um, so it was it was like a weird it was a weird process. Well, and you didn't have any time to process it when it was happening. No, well, no, so really no. Oh, surgery next week. Oh, yeah, don't have my leg. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just it's it's um a total mind. F. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> but yeah. And then I, I don't know. I just, yeah. And then it's well, like this clear, distinct life before life after. And then what yeah. do you do with that? But that's the thing. And I remember the night before my surgery, because everything was happening so fast. I was sitting in the bath and I just cried and looking at my legs. Cause I'm like, tomorrow, they're not that this one's not gonna that one's not gonna be there anymore and it was the weirdest like the weirdest like feeling um and just the fact that I didn't have time to press and it, and the and the weird like part of the whole a lot of people were like but weren't you grateful because you survived cancer and it, it's it's a weird thing because I didn't feel grateful because I was losing my leg so it's like it, it sounds terrible, but that's at that time, that's how I was, that's all I was focused on. I had forgotten that I had survived cancer and that I was living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was more focused on what I had lost. So it took me years to kind of accept the whole process and then kind of realize, wait a minute, I've survived. Mm-hmm. And that was more important than what I've lost. Right. I mean, right. it's hard because it's something that's going to affect every single day. Like yeah. my stepmom went through chemo and it was a year long, year long process of chemo, oh, but man. now she's cancer free. Thank goodness. Yeah. And, but you know, she didn't lose her leg and now it doesn't yeah. really affect her all that much Yeah. yeah. where you went through cancer and it's something that's going to affect you every day for the rest of your every life. Day. Yeah. True. And it's hard, true. hard yeah, to process. It is hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, you've like you know, completely made the most of it. And you're, you're kind of just this beautiful example of, of just encouragement and like motivation for other people to like, still do what they love to do no matter what. And, um, but that doesn't mean it was easy to get to where you're now. No, No. that's why, and that's why I always try to be honest about my journey because a lot of people are like, oh, you make it look so easy. And it's like, I've had people and it, and the weird thing about being out there and kind of going out for a run, I've had people stop me and go, you make running look so easy. And I've had knee issues. I might actually, I'm considering having my leg amputated just because 
things look so easy and I'm like no (laughs) I'm like it's a process you have to kind of it's not that easy it's not that simple it's taken me a long time to get where I am and it's just like it is yeah it is yeah it is a process it's a long process and some people take longer um others yeah everyone's different um and yeah it is I'm just glad I am where I am now (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and and then so I mean so you had said that was like 19 years ago did you say yes yeah okay and I mean it is probably neat I mean looking back you know you've seen where you where you came from and then you had kids and Uh running and I don't know it's it's a beautiful it is I might my only regret is spending so much time one think like regretting like spending so much time um worried about what people thought of Mm -hmm. me because I feel like with the whole process I kind of hid who I was I was so ashamed of being an amputee Mm -hmm. um and I think that kind of held me back a lot because I was just I didn't want people to see who I was and for a long time I would just just always hide my leg and just always yeah just be just literally be ashamed of who I was and um and so I always try and like be positive with other amputees I'm like don't be like like me don't don't take that long accept who you are and that's why I kind of I'm very open now and say well this is who I am this is what I look like and you know what is this 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 body can run to like this body can run 100 miles and just take on like crazy races and stuff like that so it's putting in perspective a little bit more um and I hope like my kids will see that that it's okay to look different and it's Mm -hmm. okay just to be who you are and just not worry so much about what other people think yeah Mm -hmm. you're a badass oh yeah Yeah, thank you for sure yeah well and it's it's hard how you've always identified yourself now like you 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 feel like you have something else that's identifying you as something that doesn't feel true to you because it never was no um but so how did where when do you think that mental switch happened where Um, you were actually I think I think it is actually I think um running really helped with that um running just because I think what helped was I suddenly had to be out there in a pair of running shorts and showing off my leg I had to suddenly like show up at a race and well yeah I look different um and it literally it was a gradual process whereas I became more confident as a runner I became more comfortable with my body and kind of um and just not like yeah getting used to people staring and people pointing and things like that and it was just the more I did it the more I kind of just accepted who I was it's like weird um and so I'm like and that's why I regret a lot of times I'm like darn I wish I'd taken running up a lot earlier (laughs) (laughs) yeah right it is um always a shame how much time any of us spend um with like lack of self-confidence or just beating ourselves up with negative talk and all of this stuff it like really takes a lot of energy you you should be putting that energy towards running and you know it's such a wasted time it's like so it's yeah but we all do it and it's it's such a shame yeah yeah absolutely yeah okay so you know you're running and everything that's awesome Um, when do you decide because you are 
now a record holder for uh-huh. running sub 24 hours for a hundred miles. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, like the first amputee to ever do that. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so how did that recommend running to it? I wouldn't recommend a hundred miles on a treadmill though. Let's just be clear. I <laughs> you didn't love it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> like three makes me feel so bored. I don't know what to do with myself. I, you are amazing for doing that long on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. What was that like? It was um, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the weird thing was that the longest I had run on a treadmill before that was 10 miles. And I was like, okay, let's just see what we could do. Let's go 100 miles. And it's, it is definitely mentally, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Just because it is just, you just, it's the momentum of just the same thing over and over and over. And, and at one point, I actually had to start changing the incline on the treadmill because I was falling asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just so running the same. It's like, like I, like I say, it's like being in a car when you're just driving and driving in the same momentum, you kind of start falling asleep. I kind of felt like that on the treadmill. It was the weirdest thing. Um, and I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't probably wouldn't do it again. <laughs> but it was it was a fun experience I mean it was the time with COVID and and I really wanted to do 100 miles um and all the races had been cancelled and this was a great option and it was it was good um I yeah my treadmill didn't blow up so that was good (laughs) it kept going yeah yeah well how did your like body do with all of that it did well I mean I my stuff was pretty beaten up a little bit um my hips were hurting I mean yeah. it's the same but I kind of I it, I think it was easier in a sense because it's softer than if I was on the road and yeah. the pounding the pavement and stuff so it kind of but I think what got me was the same you're not really moving so that's why I kind of also part of me kind of t- started playing around with the elevation just mm-hmm. to kind of give my hips and things a little bit more yeah. um release because it was just that part was like hurting a lot because it was the same yeah it was just yeah. like you weren't kind of the same as when you get on the trails you're kind of different you kind of going up and down and things like that so this yeah. was like all the same um yeah yeah. It's like the texture of trails. So it's a little softer than road, but yeah. it's the monotony. Of it, exactly. The, the straight road. The straight road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so how was like, were you able to walk after that? I mean, and how do you rehab your stump after that? you know Um, with rest um I've been I've been really lucky my body seems to recover really quickly after anything grueling like this um and I mean my my stump had a few blisters and things on um but I've got a lot of like for me with recovery it's all about rolling and and just stretching afterwards and stuff and and I normally do a bit of PT too. Um, in North Carolina, I had a really good PT um, that I used to see regularly. So I kind of, uh, after that, I kind of went to see him and did some dry needling and stuff like that. So that kind of just 
kind of pushes things back into whack again. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously going up and down stairs is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> sure. I do the shuffle. I do the do the ultra shuffle for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, did you feel so good though after like did, when you actually finished you hit 100 miles I did I did it was the best thing to press stop at 100 oh my gosh <laughs> the course was yes on. I can press that stupid button <laughs> uh, that's, that's such a good cool accomplishment yeah I mean, it was good, good job for doing that thank you and did your were your kids around were they watching oh yeah my kids my kids um my kids with my running think I'm a little bit crazy um they normally roll their eyes when I'm doing anything and so the treadmill was no different they were just like oh what's mommy doing now <laughs> I love I'm like, she's just still running oh she's, she's still, still running, running. yeah <laughs> I had I had a few friends come around um and hang out the window and like cheer me on and stuff so that was nice <laughs> oh cool Aww. did they like run by the window so it looked like you were like running by <laughs> <laughs> yeah they should have done that <laughs> just like going on a long run <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> get them to do that next time no i'm just kidding there won't be a next time <laughs> right yeah take that back oh, um, <laughs> so then how did you think so after that, what led you to be like, okay, I'm going to train for Moab 240? <laughs> um, because, yeah, I just, I had been following Moab on, um, on Instagram, actually, like live updates for the year before. And I was just intrigued by the race. Um, I just, I was in awe of like all the runners kind of crossing the finish line and just what it took. And I just thought, what the heck, let's, let's try. Let's see. Again, I was like, I told my husband, I was like, oh, by the way, I've signed up for this race. He's like, what, what have you done? (laughs) (laughs) What have you done? (laughs) And and yeah, I mean, it it was a phenomenal um, experience and yeah, I'll be out there again next year. I'm doing it again. I'm giving it another shot. Um, I mean, it's how ultra running is. It's always a risk. Um, You never know what's going to happen, what race day is going to bring and you do your best. Um, I mean, what it did teach me is I can do the training. Um, I mean, I had phenomenal training. The training went really well. Um, It it, it was just one of the best trainings I've done. So it's just, yeah, it was just really good. Um, I mean, it's, it shows I can do really, really hard stuff because mm-hmm. it takes a lot to train for 240 miles, um, a lot of time, um, and just, yeah, um, it just kind of puts your perspective of what your body can achieve, and our bodies are just amazing, um, mm-hmm. just that uh, you can keep pushing it and breaking it down and then getting up again and going again, and just, yeah, it's just phenomenal. Uh. That's yeah. amazing. And so what were you doing for training? I mean, what were some of those key ways that you got ready for 200? Um, I did a lot of weight training. I did a lot of, um, I would go out for miles and miles with a weighted vest. Um, so I did, I used a lot, I used a weighted vest a lot just because with Moab, you have to carry all your gear with you. Um, you've got a lot of gear to carry with you. Um, so you have to be really strong. It's it with, with one of those races, it's more about strength than actual 
um, like running fitness type of thing I'm trying to say is like your legs really really have to be strong for it to kind of get you to that finish line I feel mm -hmm. um and I did a lot of I mean we've got a local trail out here the problem with um where I live is it's pretty flat Arizona's I mean well the Phoenix area is pretty flat um so luckily we have a trail about it's about 15 minute drive from us so I kind of spend a lot of time out there but I've also got a treadmill that goes up to 40%. So <laughs> I was using my treadmill a lot too. Yeah, and it's just, back on. You, you kind yeah. of, with one of these races, you just do, and especially with being a mom, um, mm -hmm. you just do whatever you can to do the miles in any way you can. And I feel like there's no right and there's no wrong answer. And for me, I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to the finish line of Mohat, but there was a lot of more other elements like the weather. And I also helped another runner. So I kind of stayed behind with that. And I would 100% do that over again. I would take the same actions I did rather than finish a race because I just feel like helping someone else out is so much more important than kind of crossing the finish line. Um, but also for me, yeah, with weather-wise, you just don't know what weather's going to throw at you and stuff like that. So it's kind of all mm -hmm. those elements you can't train for. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it's been an amazing process. Um, and yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Yeah. yeah. What happened with that other, was it another runner? It was another runner. Yeah. He was just having a really tough time, um, hallucinating really badly. Oh, um, and just, yeah, just, yeah. What so it's kind of just one of those things. Yeah. When when was that in the race? Um, it was kind of um, I don't even know what mile it was. It's kind of the from the the second last aid station to the one where we actually didn't make the cutoff. Um, so it's probably around mile fifty or something. So it was kind of it was kind of weird because uh, you don't know because everyone's different and it was kind of weird because it was that he was already hallucinating so early on in the race mm -hmm. um but I mean he'd been on his feet for a long time I mean he it, we were going through in the night time and stuff like that so he'd been on his feet for like 24 hours already so I guess everyone just reacts very differently and it is what it is yeah and so um, you stayed behind to help get him to the aid station uh, yeah yeah. Nice. Which I know. I mean, yeah. because, you know, things can get really scary. We've seen that in our sport this year. Um, you know, yeah, things can happen and you're That's out. The thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, especially when you're out on those trails, especially with being so high up um, and there's a lot of like tricky parts where you kind of just literally on the side, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of just one of those things where you kind of, it is our sport and I joined ultra running for the community and mm -hmm. so for me that's the biggest part is the community and being one of those community members type of thing I will do my do my bare for the race and stuff so I'm like yeah absolutely and we need you know we're all in this together we should exactly. care for each other out on exactly. the trail exactly and it and it makes you a better person for it I feel so yeah there's more races I mean next year I'm at it again <laughs> good good and how are you physically feeling 
um, great yeah I'm feeling good I mean I was I I'll admit if I say I mean I'll, I'll be honest I was a bit gutted how it turned out but yeah I mean it's it is what it is um and I'm just I'm super excited to kind of get back out there and just kind of do do it again and just yeah um I mean I know I can do the training and I know yeah it's just yeah it's all exciting stuff yeah yeah you'll do awesome Mm -hmm. you learn a lot every time (laughs) (laughs) I mean it'll you know you're just you're humbled and learn a lot every every single time you do Yeah. Yeah. yeah so were you still working while you were training for this and you know like how did it go just with being a mom I mean you know like you you talked about that a little bit but how did was there a balance how did it feel a balance as good as it can be um to be honest I did my best um it was I kind of had like three weeks really hard training and then I'd have a week where it would be easy going. So like really push. So I knew those three weeks would like, I'd have to hunker down and just do everything I can. And then that week that I had a little bit of lower mileage, I would make the most of it and spend quality time with my kiddos and kind of make up, like I kind of felt like then I kind of made up for it a little bit and just Mm -hmm. kind of just, spend their time so they were they were really good because I mean it's it's all you always have this mom guilt and it's mm-hmm. like we can never do anything like it's always guilt yeah <laughs> whatever you do and I mean like to be honest I there was like some parts in the training where it was I kind of hit lows where I was like why am I doing this these quick kids I feel so guilty because I'm like I'm out again running and it's like you're kind of they wake up and it's like bye I'm out I need to kind of go out for three or four hours and it's just like it kind of worked through but you kind of make up for it and kind of make sure you kind of the moments that you make you make little moments count Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the best we can do um, as a mom while you're training for these yeah Mm -hmm. well and they're seeing you work towards dreams and you know work hard for something that you're really wanting. Exactly. It's a good exactly. thing. Yeah. It yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I think so I bet too. they're so <laughs> proud of you. Just, I think they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Just, you know, I mean like Moab 240. I mean, even if you didn't make it to the finish line, like that is still just even getting to the place where you're signing up for something like that and training really hard for something like that. Uh-huh. It's incredible. And that's, yeah, nobody can take that lightly. You know, it's a big deal. And are do you, are you thinking about using this training that you did and rolling it into something else? I am. Um, I have a in a few weeks time. I've got a twenty four hour race coming up. Oh, so I'm nice. doing that. Um, and then I've got another one, seventy two hours. Um, wow. And then I'm looking at doing Cocodona two forty and two fifty. Wow. So yeah, yeah, I'm kind of just kind of shifting up and just going with it. It's like, oh, oh you gosh. know what? <laughs> I might do some other things. Uh, I might yeah, do a few it. other things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the 24 hour one, that'll just be short and fun. Yeah, exactly. It'll be easy breezy, right? Just 24 yeah. hours. I just, and, and the thing is with this one, it's going to be as, if, I can't say as bad because I mean, the treadmill was great. It's, 
a 500 meter a 500 meter track okay yeah so i'm going to be going in loops um yeah that would be interesting it's still going to be better than the treadmill you're moving a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. a little bit right right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's just a day out yeah just a day out (laughs) um what is it like running in the dark um, you know, I just was thinking about that this morning because I was running in the dark and yeah. I haven't in since last winter. And I was just like, wow, like I feel so, you know, you're, you just feel more trippy sometimes. And like the rocks kind of jump out at you. Like, is that uh, challenging at all for you? It, it, it does. And, and the first time I did night running was really daunting. I was like, oh my goodness, can I do this? It's going to be really, really scary. Um, but you kind of get used to it um, and you just learn to kind of concentrate a little bit better. Um, and yeah, having a really, really good light helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's, I actually, I think night running is like my favorite now. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like the peace. I just like, it just feels like the miles don't take as long because you can't, I don't know. It just, it just feels like things flow a little bit better. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I can't see where I'm going. Yeah. You yeah. can't see how far you have left to go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's like, it's, it's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> well, and your mind is focusing on like, at least for me, like not tripping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more focused on the moment versus like, oh, yeah. I still have how many more miles. Exactly. Left. Exactly. So it just, yeah, it's, I, I definitely, it's definitely my favorite now is night running. Mm-hmm. that's so neat yeah yeah and under the stars it is I great. know and Moab Moab at night is magical it is absolutely magical um just the stars just it's like nothing prepares you for that it's just mm-hmm. the whole race is just magical yeah so. and did you have to bring a lot of is there a lot of required gear for that race there is yes you have and especially because the weather changed so much um i mean we were dealing with the first day it just rained um and then there was snow um it just it got really really cold um so you you have to they mandatory gear is kind of like you have to have a a a, a light with you obviously um, I mean, then there's just gear like waterproof pants, um, jackets, there's a certain amount of jackets you have to have, you have to have, they, they make sure you carry 500 calories of food with you as emergency, so you're not allowed to consume that, you just have to have that with you in case something happens. Um, you have to have one of those space blanket things, um, and yeah, there's quite a few, like a lot of gear, and you need to carry a certain amount of water with you. Um, which is a good thing because it just, it just, it's all geared at make, keeping the runners safe. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It just makes your pack really heavy. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that. You're weighed down for sure. Yeah. But. Yeah. You are weighed down, which is quite a tricky when you kind of, um, like Moab the first day, there's a lot of climbing. Mm-hmm. You think I was like, wait a minute, this is a climbing race, not a trail race. And it was like weird because you were like climbing these big boulders and stuff like that. I was like, oh my goodness, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then with the rain, like the rocks yeah. must have been super slick. Yeah, they were. Um, yeah. So I was I was already going quite slow, a lot slower than I planned, just because of the because of the extra rain and stuff. Um yeah hopefully next year we'll have 
dry heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, next year we could have heaps of snow again or something. I don't know. It's like it, you just kind of show up and hope for the best. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and maybe with um, the testing that you're doing on different, um, gosh, uh, like grip on yeah. your prosthetic leg, like maybe that would. I don't know, maybe you'll find something that's even more um, sticky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, I definitely need that. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, does like your family run or does your husband run or do you hike? He does. Okay, he does. <laughs> I feel really bad because he does run, bless him. And then I feel like lately we've just been doing a lot of my running. Um, he does, he does ultras. Um, he's He's training for, um, he's doing a half marathon in a few weeks time and then he's doing a marathon um, and then he'll kind of probably get back into ultra running again. He hasn't done an ultra for a while. Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's good that we both run. So we kind of understand, um, st- understand each other a little bit with the training and stuff like that. Um, and he'll, with Mohab, he did a lot of the training miles with me, which was nice, especially at nighttime um when I'm out there on my own it's just yeah being being a woman and being out on your own you don't always feel that safe so it's it was good to have him kind of do a lot of miles with me I think he could have probably finished Moab um had he signed up for the race because you've done so many of the miles yeah (laughs) wow I love that he runs with you that's awesome well and so I mean your I love your example of like determination and you, that itself seems to kind of like radiate off of you, be contagious. Do you see your kids um, have that determination also, or like, do you see them like getting into sports or I'm kind of like, what do you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always tried not to push the kiddos, like rather live by example and just like, you know what, they'll find their own way and stuff. Um, and my little girl, she'll kind of run with me a little bit just cause she's, she sees mommy doing it. So she wants to come out, which is great. Um, and my, my son, bless him. He does, he, they, they both try hard. Um, they haven't like totally found they kind of gel what they want to really do um and they just try everything which is great I'm I'm always for just try everything do your best and see what happens and stick with it if you love it if you don't then try something else Mm -hmm. yeah I love that I was just listening to a podcast the other day um Courtney Dwalter about her uh parents always encourage them to try different sports and then but they, but if they signed up for a sport, they had to finish that season of it uh-huh. and do their best, like yeah. while they were in it, and then they could move on to something else uh-huh. <laughs> after. But I loved that. Like it, I it is good it. to just remind them that like it's okay to try things, and you're not stuck exactly. with it forever. Exactly, and the, and I, I think that's it. that's an important thing because I feel like as, sometimes as parents we want our kids just to be the best and perform the best and. And I always feel like I want them to enjoy life. Life's about enjoying things um, and being happy. And if it's not bringing them joy, then what's the point of doing it type of thing? But I want them to try it and first figure it out and make sure, give it long enough to make sure that they definitely don't like it. And then it's okay to step away. And But you have to first try. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of like see it through. 
like you were saying yeah, a little bit. Exactly. Finish the season, yeah. see it through. Finish the season, see it through, yeah. and then yeah. yeah, and then you can make a decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how how does your family um and you, so both yeah. family and you feel about um like just you kind of being this like spokeswoman, you know, for I mean, you know, do you ever think about that? I mean, you are, you have gotten a lot of recognition, which is amazing. Like, cause you've done all of these things. You're putting yeah. yourself in these hard situations and conquering and it's amazing. How is that like, just with your, what do your kids think? What do you think? <laughs> um, I think it's, it's funny. Cause I just think my kids, they just like, oh, that's mommy. She's doing yeah. her thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think it's become such a like part of their life that they just like, oh, she's just at it again. And I'm, but I'm hoping that the older they get, they're like, they're like, oh my goodness, my mom did this or my mom did that. And just kind of have that, that they'll be thinking about that. And like, well, I'm, I'm my, my biggest dream would be like one of my kids doing an ultra and I can kind of be one of part of their crew or something like that and just like mm-hmm. you know what it's because my mom did that and I remember growing up my mom was doing all these things and she spoke about this and she was in these magazines or whatever and it's like this is why I'm doing it that would be my big dream that yeah. would just be amazing mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah can't wait to see <laughs> yeah for sure. Well, yeah, you're just such a cool example of just, you know, like just having the audacity to try. I just love it. You know, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We are inspired. Um, inspired. Okay. So let's do a couple quick rapid fire questions and then we'll let you get on with your day. Okay. (laughs) Jackie. Yes. What's the first thing you do every morning when you wake up? coffee yeah 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 yeah. good good. my kids know not to talk to me before i have my coffee that's so funny (laughs) oh i wish my kids knew that (laughs) they'll learn i'm sure yeah yeah what's something that you do for yourself that's not running related um take a long bath Mm. (laughs) i'm I'm like so simple (laughs) it's like that is like my luxury is just taking a bubble bath and just yeah. being by myself without the kiddos and just like <laughs> yes necessity I, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is such a good way to relax and calm down yeah um, and then what is your like your most oh gosh okay what running accomplishment are you most proud of my running accomplishment has got to be my 100 miles on the treadmill Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it is it it, yeah it just I think it definitely was one of the hardest things just um yeah just getting on there and just yeah yeah just finishing it and just doing it um and then I think my second one is training for my math I mean even if I got I didn't get the finish I wanted I just I feel so incredibly proud just for showing up having the courage to kind of do the training and just, yeah, just being there and just experiencing it all. Yeah. That's wonderful. You are such an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just a strong mother runner too. Mm -hmm. I mean, like this is just not easy. And, but like you said, 
just showing up like that yeah. is huge and yeah. we'll get you far. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Jen. Yeah, thank you. And thank you. It was lovely talking to both of you. <laughs> you too. Yeah, so fun. Yeah. We had a great time and we look forward to seeing um, watching all these next little running all the crazy adventures yeah, yeah just these little sure. ones just, just the little ones yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome well you have a good day thank you you too <laughs>
as well as this podcast. And so you can go to wenigermarketing.com. We'll put that in the show notes also. And you can get your podcast edited or you can get a website built for you. <laughs> it's super, yeah. it's super awesome. Steph, you're doing such cool stuff. Yeah. And you're working with a lot of cool people. Yeah. Very cool people. Um, some working moms and some people who are really into meditation and people from pretty much all over the world. I have people in Australia that I'm working with. So So fun. yeah, it's, it's very fun. And I like being my own boss. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have some flexibility, but you're also helping people kind of chase their dreams a little too. So for sure. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget, you can find us on Instagram at runhardmomhardpod. You can email us at runhardmomhard at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail using the anchor link in the show notes below. And don't forget to go to Treeline Coffee using the link in the show notes as well. And you can get 10% off your order by using code runhard10. Yep. We would love to hear from all of you. And we hope you're doing well. Remember, as always, you got this and you can do hard things. So anyway, we out. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Did I say the anchor link in the show notes below? I feel like I didn't say that right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <But> you can. <laughs> <laughs> now back to the intro. It was painful, but we did it. <laughs> Wait. Start the intro all over again. Oh shoot. Okay. We didn't do anything for the intro. Okay. Great. <laughs> cool. Okay. Oh, awesome. What? <laughs> Just smile. Don't do my funny voices funny faces <laughs> right now she lives in australia uh, she used to live she does not live in australia oh. <laughs> <laughs> where did that come from that came from you i can tell you're tired <laughs> i mean seriously if you haven't gotten it already what is taking so long <laughs> why are you slacking get your coffee <laughs>